Hi. Oh, hello. Oh, hi. Sorry. Oh. Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth. Um, I'm excited to share my testimony with you guys today. Um, I've been part of this church community here in Busan for five years now, and before that I was part of Nuclean Soul for two and a half years. But in two weeks, I'll be moving back to the States. Um, so it's been an emotional time lately, processing a lot of things, and it's been an interesting time to prepare this testimony and reflect back on the story that God has written in my life so far, um, because I feel very much that I'm still in the middle of my story, but it's been really good to look back and remember, and I'm thankful for this chance to testify publicly to God's greatness in my life. He has loved me, pursued me, and changed me. As it says in Jeremiah 31.3, The Lord has appeared to us from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. So today I'm simply here to testify to the everlasting love and unfailing kindness of God. I'll be sharing three parts of my journey thus far. The valley, the mountaintop, and the desert. So first off, I'll start with the valley. So when I was 10 years old, <clears throat> my world fell apart. Um, I had a relatively happy childhood up until then, but the summer before fifth grade, my parents announced they were getting divorced, and everything changed. Um, I was always an anxious, cautious kid, very sensitive and emotional, as I still am, <laughs> but my family had been my place of safety and security. When my parents separated, all that crumbled. And suddenly I felt completely alone. I couldn't trust anyone. I couldn't confide in anyone. I felt lost in a series of jolting changes, moves, added family members, sudden expectation shifts. I was alone in this darkness that I didn't understand. And that seemed to isolate me completely from everyone else. And the worst part was, no one seemed to notice. <clears throat> I would cry myself to sleep every night, but nobody knew. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, so I would cry myself to sleep, but nobody knew, and I decided I would just have to take care of myself from now on, but that seemed like a very lonely, bleak prospect, um, and then one night, God encountered me. I'm not even sure how I knew who he was, because I didn't go to church regularly, and I didn't pray or know about Jesus. Um, I had read Genesis in a children's Bible that my aunt had sent me, but my parents had told me that the stories in the Bible were made up. But even so, when God spoke to me, I knew right away who it was. It was God, the same God who had spoken to Abraham, Jacob, and Moses. <laughs> he said, um, you don't have to take care of yourself. I'll take care of you. God found me in the valley when all around me was darkness, when I was weak and helpless, a lost little girl with nothing to offer. And he offered himself to me. So soon afterwards, my dad returned to his faith and started going to church, and I went with him. I learned about Jesus, got baptized, became a full-on church girl. I joined the children's choir, started reading the Bible every day. I went to retreats, missions, trips, and everything. But all the activities weren't just religion to me. My faith was something very personal. God had saved me, and I loved him with all of my heart. However, things weren't all sunshine and roses. <laughs> I had an intimate relationship with God, but I still carried a lot of sadness inside. I still felt alone and misunderstood a lot of the time. I still felt lost. And sometimes I just felt like my life was one long valley. My lowest point was in high school. 
I often had trouble getting out of bed in the morning because I just dreaded facing the day. <laughs> I couldn't sleep at night because I was overwhelmed with anxiety. I felt hopeless, I felt confused, and I felt like I had to be perfect, that making mistakes were unacceptable, that mediocrity was unacceptable. I put an imma immense amount of pressure on myself and overworked myself constantly. I excelled in school and in my piano studies and was a model church girl and a model daughter, but sometimes I wondered what the point of it all was when I was miserable inside. I often felt guilty for my unhappiness because I thought a good Christian should be more joyful, more thankful, and more positive. Already I was failing God. Other times I felt like the darkness was simply who I was. I was a sad person. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be happy. Perhaps this hopelessness was just my cross to bear. God, however, in his grace, did not let me stay stuck in those lies. He walked with me through the valley step by step, healing me piece by piece. And it was a long road, but as it turned out, we weren't just walking through a valley, we were climbing a mountain. And when I came to Korea in 2011, I found myself on a mountaintop. So in 2011, after college and grad school, I moved to Korea and I became a part of New Philly and Seoul. And I was transformed. I had already known God, as I mentioned, but in this season, I encountered him more powerfully and intimately than ever before. I had actually been hungry to encounter him in a deeper way, but I had wondered if that was possible or if I was just being selfish, wanting more of him. I felt like I should just try to be content with what I had. But in Korea, I learned that, no, God loved it when I wanted more of him, and he loved giving more of himself to me. At New Philly, I became open to the Holy Spirit in a way I never had before, and he encountered me and empowered me, and this immense joy filled me that I had never thought was possible. I realized that for years, I had been living a defeated life. I had been letting the devil beat me up with lies, lies like, you aren't worth loving, you will never change, no one cares about you. I realized I was carrying around so much shame and guilt and fear that I simply didn't need to. Darkness wasn't my identity. Hopelessness wasn't my portion. That wasn't biblical. The king of kings was my father, and he wasn't a stingy father. He was generous. He was good. He wasn't constantly disappointed in me like I had thought. He was actually proud of me. That was like a mind-blowing realization. <laughs> it was like these chains broke off me. This veil was removed, and I was finally able to embrace God's love to really receive his grace. I knew more deeply than ever before that his grace was sufficient for me, that his delight in me was strong enough to obliterate anyone else's disapproval, including my own. And he had meant what he said to me when I was tw 10 years old. He was always going to take care of me because he wanted to. He enjoyed watching over me. He liked me. <laughs> the parts of myself that I had disliked the most, my sensitivity, my emotions, my gentleness, became the parts of myself I loved and treasured the most because God showed me that they were what he loved and treasured most about me. And he showed me that what I'd perceived as weaknesses were actually my greatest strengths. It was like everything got flipped upside down in the best of ways. Once again, I felt loved beyond my wildest dreams. God had seen me and given me what I didn't even know to ask for or to hope for. He had found me and set me free. And I thought this season of intense breakthrough and... Um, joy would last forever. I thought it was supposed to. I thought that to come down from the mountaintop would be to fail. But what I didn't realize was that God actually had more for me. But the way to that higher place involved first going down into the desert. So the last several years <laughs> have largely been a desert season for me. <clears throat> no season is all one thing. There's joy and sorrow that are mixed together. But overall, it's been pretty rough. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm thankful for my desert season. 
first because it has changed me. I've learned things that you can't learn from a book, but can only learn from the process. Things like humility and patience. Things like faith and persistence. Second, I'm thankful because I know that this wilderness season has actually been a qualifying season for me. That God has been taking me through the desert to test and prepare me for what's ahead. Like Jesus' desert season of 40 days or Moses' desert season of 40 years. When you ask to be used by God, which I have, <laughs> you might not realize it, but you're asking to be sanctified first and foremost. It's been hard, but God has been with me each step of the way. When I've been angry and bitter, he has wrestled with me like he did with Jacob. When I've been heartbroken, full of painful questions, he has wept with me like he did with Mary and Martha outside Lazarus's tomb. When I've had no strength left, when I felt like giving up, he has put me to sleep and restored me as he did Elijah in the wilderness. At times it's been painful, but in the desert, God's actually been bringing me into deeper levels of freedom. He's been breaking chains off of me and lifting heavy burdens off of me, just like he did on the mountaintop, just in a different way. Mm. But now as I step forward into this next season, moving back to the States, kind of stepping out into uncertainty, I feel afraid. <laughs> to be honest, I feel a lot of fear. I literally felt, feel like I'm stepping out onto water. Nothing solid about it, a path so uncertain and flimsy that it seems inevitable that I'll sink. All around me are stormy winds and waves blowing at me, crashing on me, trying to distract me, trying to convince me that I'm not strong enough, that the risks aren't worth it. But in front of me is Jesus, the one who has known me from the beginning, the one who has walked with me through every season, the one who delights in me, the one who believes in me. And when I look at him, everything else falls away. He says the same words that he spoke to me when I was young, from Isaiah 43. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, they will not sweep over you. When you pass through the rivers, I will be with you. The flames will not set you ablaze. So I don't know what the future holds, but I don't have to. All I need to know is that I am his and that he is good. His kindness never fails. His love is everlasting. And I already know how the story ends. It ends with Jesus bringing me home to be with him forever, to worship and delight in him unceasingly. It ends with brightness and glory and uncontainable joy. Praise be to God. <laughs>